The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking today? Who would have guessed? It's Martini Day. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. It's been a long it's week. It's been a we long week. We actually have had not had a cocktail all week. Yeah, that's right. Because um, I had shoulder surgery. Yes. So I'm looking forward to this. So this will be nice. Yes. So for those new to the podcast, we make a London dry martini. We make two very large double martinis. And so it's eight parts of dry Tangeray, London dry gin, and one part Dolan dry vermouth, six shakes of orange bitters, stirred a hundred turns, let it rest while you wipe peel a big swath of orange. Then I express the oils out of the peel into the martini that, you know, cause I strained it out of the mixer tin. And then I cut the twirls, basically, make the twists, put them in the drink. I also had an extra piece of orange because I kind of, it was so slippery, it would shortcut it. So I couldn't use it as a twist. So I used that to express into the glass before I poured the drink and then rubbed it on the edge of the glass. Nice. So we should have nice orangey dry martini. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Smell oh, it. I just... It smells so good. I don't think people appreciate how good that smells. Wow. We need smeller vision on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch and sniff podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Brilliant. That's just amazing. That's like so brilliant. It's so good. It's a perfect. That's really smooth, actually. It really is. I don't know what makes it so smooth. I don't know whether it's the oranges or the. I think, you know, I noticed this when you have a full bottle of orange bitters, when you shake it, I've found that it's so full, it doesn't really shake. There's not enough release. There's not enough air to release it. So I've learned when it's a full bottle, I have to add a little more than six shakes for two drinks, maybe eight. When it's like this, where it's half, it comes out liberally. So then I do six shakes and it's great. You know what I'll do is I need to do that sometime with a new bottle, do six shakes and see what it comes out to amount. And then when the bottle's halfway, do it also. And just and see, there, right? is it really, yay, yeah, it's actually another quarter of a teaspoon or whatever it is. But it, yeah. that little bit makes a difference. I think the secret is to actually get a dropper. 
I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. And that would be the next thing is to do it by, we know how many drops we add. Yeah. I think that would be good. Might as well get scientific about it. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is delicious. Yeah. That reminds me when we went to the cure in NOLA, mm -hmm. that's what their whole bitter bar on the top of the bar. Yeah. At the end, they had a bitter bar, basically three tiers high yeah, of, 20, of dropper. 20 bottles in a row, three tiers high. Yeah, of about dropper. 60 potential bitters. bitters. What's interesting too is I'm sure, because I used to work in a bar, is I'm sure the way they have it set up is that's the service for the day. Yes. And then when they're done, those bottles get pulled and put in cold. Probably. And, yeah. and so then they keep. Part of the things when you're making only one cocktail of, at a time per right. day, let's just say, your, sometimes your bitters can go bad. Oh, it's You know, before you use them. Up. Yeah. Well, this is delicious. But this is great. Good work. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at Slub. S-L-U-B-B-USA.com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. This is Littleton Chapter 6. Mm. Yeah. This is actually a very cool chapter. It's a really cool chapter. It actually brought up things for us. It totally did. I mean, <laughs> I love this about the way this book is written. The way Mako writes. The way Mako writes is to explore kink completely. Yeah. Right? But from a viewpoint of a little and a diaper. ABDL. A, ABDL yeah, person, yeah. Right? But yet, it's really the exploration of kink is really what it is. It is because we can see ourselves in a lot of it. Totally. Yeah. So this is a chapter where the characters get to interact with each other. The little character and the ABDL, Christina and Adam, they get to interact yeah. with... Because they've been playing with diapers a little bit. Yeah. Trying to navigate. I mean, they're both turned on by it. That's an obvious... Well, that, that's their experience, right? right? But that's key, that they're both turned on by it. I want to say one more thing, which is that this chapter is called Love Hurts a Little. Yeah, a little. And so the question is, who does love hurt? Well, it hurts a little. Yeah. But actually, love hurts is actually the other object of the chapter, which is... There's hurts. something related to spanking a little. Yeah. And see, this is a amazing chapter because it's a whole conversation about discipline. Yes. And tops and bottoms. Structure. Yep. And structure mm -hmm. and agreements. Yep. There's like a lot in this chapter. A this lot. Is, this is a very profound. It's hard to unpack because exactly. we were like reading through the chapter and going, oh God, why aren't we recording this? Because this is like what's coming up right now. Yeah. But But let's go into it. Basically, what ends up transpiring in this chapter is Christine and Adam are having discussions about how they reacted the night before. Well, actually, what's more interesting is the chapter begins with Christina leaving work and Nora sends her on her way. Nora sends Christina home because she recognizes that her and Adam had had a fight and she's discombobulated. She's not working at 100%. But Nora is also the one that was in the store and saw Adam buy the diapers. The bypass. So she's being yeah. sympathetic. So Christina leaves 
and then goes home to Adam, who is like making tea, basically, right. by the time she got home. Because he had surprised her at work and said, I, they both were like, the blah, 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 blah. we got to say sorry to one another. Yeah. It basically got squelched by Adam, which is great because he's the top, and just come home, right? So he's making tea as she arrives home because Nora let her off. In the back of my brain during this part of the chapter, I'm thinking, Adam texted Nora and said, we had a disagreement and I need her Possibly. to come home. Possibly, no, 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 yeah. Yeah, but whatever, Nora recognized that they were having an issue and sent her home. She gets home and they're making tea and then Adam announces, "We're gonna, I'm going to invite over this other couple. Right. Okay. And he alludes to this couple understands what we're up to. Okay, right. at some level. So then Christina, what is, what happens with a normal human? They create a whole bunch of story around that. Like, well, how did he meet? How did he know about this couple? How did they talk about us? Did he tell her? Did he tell him? Yeah, Whatever. There's, there's right? a whole conversation about consent there. But, but even before that, Christina is actually trying to persuade Adam to spank her and spank her for discipline. And... Adam's having the struggle with spanking for fun versus spanking for discipline, but he relates what he learned from his interaction with Simon and his partner to their experience, and they're sort of negotiating around well, that. But well, at the same time, he, he spanks her without negotiating. He just pulls, untapes her diaper, and spanks her. Right, and. They have this conversation about just untaping a diaper and spanking versus one more step. Wait, versus the whole diaper coming off and then spanking. Yeah. And then she, Christina references, well, I get that's for discipline, but also for she's referencing pleasure. Yeah. yeah. As a masochist. This chapter actually begins with her experiencing the sore pussy and the sore ass from being spanked by him already. Right even before she goes home, but then she goes home and now they're having this conversation about spanking. about spanking. And he shares with her that he had shared their dynamic with Simon and his Simon. Partner, yeah. Right. And so there's a moment that actually is worth having a conversation. About, I think we have to have a conversation about this. What came to me forefront on this yeah. is I get that people love to say this all the time. Well, you weren't there. I couldn't ask you. So I just went with it. Right. But again, that is part of breaking the code of conduct with your partner. Just because you get surprised by someone that asks you a question about your dynamic, if you do not have consent from the individual that you're partnering with that you're going to be talking about, uh, don't say fucking shit. The only reason people say stuff is because it's all about looking good. That's they want good they want to have something to say because to say nothing would mean what? And a million things will come up. This is where people often, at this level, truly, they dismiss the error of their partner and say, no harm, no foul, we're learning. Maybe that is indeed the fact. I get, we all are learning. I get it. But maybe it's a habitual pattern with your partner. And maybe it's beginning for you. You really don't know, right? And so what I'm saying is, is that if their behavior is to do that, they might do something of that nature again. Because people are consistently the same as they always are. Yeah. What you're getting at is where the conversation with consent potentially could go. Mm -hmm. 
And one place it could go is how much you share about our dynamic. Right. As a conversation around consent. So to have your permission to share this about our relationship. Right. Should be part of the larger consent relationship. Like totally. Yeah. Because so, And I think any agreements along the way of your dynamic can evolve with you. And you have further conversations and re-clarification of what your limits and your boundaries are, right? Yeah. And what you're agreeing to. I think that's organically thinking about your dynamic is important. But what I think is what happens is this happens often where someone goes, well, you weren't here and it was harmless. I was just talking. Well, to the top or to the dominant might feel totally harmless in talking about that because they think it's an everyday thing to whoever else they're talking about might be land breaking. Very interesting, right? So the chapter progresses and the couple comes over for dinner. Yes. And in that experience of dinner, there's a little conversation around like spanking and consent and this and and that. And like what kind of dynamics you have. Dynamics, right? So it's, it's actually a conversation about dynamics. And you made a really interesting observation. You said there is a power dynamic in a big little relationship. Oh, totally that relates to this whole diaper experience, which is actually just an aspect of the big little relationship. So, and I don't want to, I'm not, it sounds like I'm putting people in the box and I, maybe I am, but I'm just to, for the layman. Yeah. ABDL can be uh, a power exchange, of course. Yes. And um, disciplinary within that power exchange because the context is ABDL. So the punishment is going to have discipline, punishment for behavior modification, what have you, is going to happen in that dynamic. Yes. Based on the intention put forth by dynamic. So a little might get a hand spanking or timeout chair or whatever. You know, there's a million things you could do, right? Whereas I, as a mascus, might get ginger in my ass and I might be figging. So you're equating... The power relationship between a DS dynamic where there's no big little concept to context, yeah, or, or context to the same kind of power dynamic. It's that exactly in a big the same. It's just yeah, exactly. it's based on each other's jive. Right. We are going in this jive lane, whatever right. that is. I really like the word jive. It, maybe it's, that's it's really old school. But what that's I'm saying word. is jive is just the lane you're in. And truly, no one's stuck in a lane. They can move to different lanes. Yeah, so Christina. I, I, that's how I see kink. I see kink as this river of lanes. It is. It, it, it's like lanes yeah. in a swimming pool. I'm going to swim with the slow swimmers today or the oh. speedsters today. You make a choice as you enter the lane, Yeah. which is consent. To say, I'm going to explore this right now. I think that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah. But really what you're describing is that Christina was seeking punishment discipline, like spanking discipline, for being out of integrity in, in a moment. Right? Which helps her be she, more productive. And, and the, 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 the all the things that used, were listed were things that were keeping her productive. Yeah, so the description she used was, she asked her first boyfriend to spank her when she wasn't studying for a test. For finals. For finals, right? He, she needed the... She needed that... The focus that the spanking yes, gave her. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. To get out of her head, essentially, right? And so that was part of her experience of looking for like a discipline-based dynamic. Think about right? it as a top hearing that yeah. from someone you're just starting to embark. Like that's so powerful as to who the person is. Yeah. 
but Adam's kind of a, a brick wall a little bit. Well, he's learning. And he's taking time to learn. And so he well, didn't see it right away. Uh, of course. But I can totally get mm-hmm. that he didn't see it right away. I get. Because she's in her own experience of herself, right. right? Her own story is, I need discipline to be productive. His story might be, I'm looking for something slightly around that, but not necessarily that, right? Right. So he's got to he's got to get aligned with that over the course of time. Right. And this chapter is where that alignment begins to I occur. Agree. I agree. And that alignment begins to occur around him learning about another power dynamic relationship. So he can relate to this relationship more as a power dynamic than mm-hmm. as a, as in some ways as I'm going to punish a little girl, right? But right. then, but then they have a sex scene where. At the end, where she talks about handling her daddy's cough. Well, and yeah, wait, comes in before you go to yeah. this, she is, this is what's fascinating. I talked about this when she started a, what sounded like in the chapter, topping, right? Oh, that's right. So that's originally right. I was like, this sounds like topping behavior, but I kept reading, right? Because I'm open to what's happening. Yeah. I wanted to see if the author would let it unfold, which <laughs> Mako did brilliantly. Yeah, of course. And then <laughs> at a certain point I said, no. This is not topping. This is actually a little. If you've ever dealt with little girls, which I have, there's a little phenomenon that happens where they have figured out the rules to something, what's right or wrong, and they stick hard and core to the rules and they'll correct their parents every time. I want to make a a clear point. You're not saying that's equivalent to topping from the bottom. You're saying that's not... It's not. It's actually what a little is. Yes. And you have to know as a dominant going in with a little... That not every little is this way, but right. they could be. And that I believe this isn't topping from the bottom. This is actually. I, so let me tell you, when my daughter would do this, which is normal for young little girls that know the rules yeah, yeah, yeah. and they see their parents going away from the rules and they'll yeah. point out to you, you know, that's not allowed because of this. There's a certain age that happens. So you can see them embrace their little in that respect yeah. when she was getting ready for the party with Simon Abbey. Yeah. That, you know, you need to dress up. We need to wear nice clothes. You need to, those pants aren't good. You should change those pants. Normally, if someone came in only on parts of that discussion, they would say she's topping. She's totally a dominant. That's not what's happening. The way the writing's written, I give Mako huge props to this. I got clarity on, no, amazingly, within like two more sentences, I said, no, she's actually being a little. Because I know what a little is. Yeah. And so that's a good. It's, <laughs> another, it's like brilliant. It's a fascinating distinction, right? The difference between coming from the bottom and actually expressing yourself as a little, mm-hmm. like not being constrained by your identity as little. Sure. And just actually like wanting everything to happen by the book, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was the experience. And ultimately, that's where the chapter ends. Yep. The chapter ends in a space where they're about to have. Actually, well, there's one more scene before that, now that I think about it. Simon starts telling his property to start taking off her clothes. Because Christina's trying to understand what does that mean? She basically, her mindset with Adam was that her clarification was, no, they don't use diapers. Like he touched her diapers that they don't use these. So she's trying to get a context of the power dynamic. And he goes, for example, and he just says two words or whatever. And she just robes to her underwear. And then... Something said, and at this point, then she's to take off her bra. Because, no, this is where Christina comes back into play and says, oh, you're looking at her. Because 
She's talking yeah, to Adam. Well, yeah, she's talking to Adam. She's got little jealousy, of course. She goes, you're looking at him. Now, there's something else that's interesting about that, which is that she makes him look at her. No, no, that's what I mean. But she says, I want us to be like that. And the question is, what is what does she want them to be like, right? Mm-hmm. And she, A what power she wants dynamic. Them, yeah, and I think what she's speaking to is the power dynamic. Yeah, I don't think yeah. she's talking about being like them in the right. sense, because she loves her diaper part and right. the little part. What she's trying to say is that's an example of power dynamics. Right. And that's what's so beautiful about this writing is that we aren't into ABDL, but what is amazing is we can see ourselves within the power dynamics as they move. Totally. It's totally there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally there. So brilliant, Mako. Brilliant. <laughs> that's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!